You're listening to my daddy, the sex man. Be better than yesterday. I gotta be better than yesterday. No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday. I gotta be better than yesterday. I gotta be better than yesterday. No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday. We gotta be better, do better. That's every minute, every second. Drop a juice, hope you collecting them. The voice of the people, we all gon' get heard. This real feel never clear what I say. Always tuned in, never tuned out. Gotta stay woke and be a sleepwalker. Gotta stand up, got too many stand out. Stay ready, like the six man of the year. We up now. We, we, we up now. Be better than yesterday, I gotta be better than yesterday. No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. You tuned into Real Talk with the Six Man, and I am your host, the Six Man. And um, you know this 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 thing that's going on right now um has a lot of people going through it. It's a lot of people going through it, man. And um, you know, shout out to all of the People who work at the Safeway, the Giant, you know, all the, all of our local grocery stores, our male people, male men and male women, you know, our FedEx people. Shout out to, you know, all of our um, Amazon people, um, you know, police officers, um, those in the military who may be, you know, out in certain cities, um, National Guardsmen. I mean, just just shout out to all of those essential workers that's out there. You know, I myself is, you know, is one of those who are considered essential, you know, to be able to go to work every day. Um, and I mean, even through, even through what looks like, you know, hell, you know, people being laid off, people not, you know, being able to pay their mortgage, you know, um, not being able to provide for their families, not, not able to put food on their table. And I mean, I'm humble because in a period where people aren't even able to pay their bills or find a job or losing jobs, I'm finding jobs, you know? And so, you know, it's, um, it's definitely a humbling experience for me. Definitely a humbling experience for me. But I would tell you, um, I would definitely tell you that, um, that is no need to, you know, be um, alarmed. You know, there's no need to get off course. You know, you got to find, you got to find that that thing that's going to help you stay focused. I mean, because it, it, I mean, shit, shit has definitely gotten real. Shit has definitely gotten real. Um, I mean, I know for a fact, you know, since, 
since this thing has started, you know, I've, I've, I, I had took it upon myself just, just off GP. I had took it upon myself to somewhat put a lot of the information out there. A lot of the stuff that I was hearing, a lot of the stuff that people were sending me, you know, just, I just wanted people to know, you know, what was going on. A lot of people don't watch the news. A lot of people don't, you know, care to hear, you know, what's real out here, but they don't mind hearing it from somebody that they may trust or that they may, you know, um, I don't want to say look up to, but, you know, somebody that they feel like took the time to get a certain amount of information and now they putting it out there. And so I got a, um, I had got a phone call from my man, Dana. Shout out to my man, Dana, uh, Dope Content Podcast, man. I can't wait to get back on that show, man, so we can get back in there and fuck with Jerm um, and just talk, you know, some real shit like we did the last couple of times. So shout out to Dope Content, the Dope Content Podcast. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a phenomenal podcast. They get in, they get into sports. They mix during in with life, life experiences. So it's a... Um, it's a great show. But my man Danny, he hit me, man. Um, we talked periodically. And um, he was like, dog, you know, have you ever heard of the Hoodie Awards? I was like, you mean like the Steve Harvey shit? He was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I think so. He was like, man, they do some joints here in the area, man. It's like the DMV Awards or some shit. He was like, man, you should get the award for journalism on covering COVID-19 for the hood, for the, for the people. I was like, for real? He was like, yeah, nigga, you've been doing a great job. He was like, and you've been doing it your way. I'm like, I mean, damn, Slim, I appreciate that, you know? I mean, and it wasn't, I mean, we we went to school together. You know, we met, you know, um, we, we've we had our, our, our own life experiences together in high school. I mean, he actually mentioned one about <laughs> a time I, um, I needed to put a gun in his locker. And it was just like, damn, for real? So it just made me think back, you know, to the power of relationships that, you know, we set with people, you know, and the type of, you know, um, communication we allow ourselves to have with, with others. And I know, you know, being on this platform for me has actually helped me, you know, mellow out to a point where I, I'm able to get a lot of the stuff that I wanted to talk about off my chest but i did it in a positive and a constructive way so it was it was actually good to hear that somebody was looking at my body of work and was like damn this nigga is really doing something and i'm like i mean i i appreciated the call man and we we talked and we reminisced a little bit but i thought it was real thoughtful you know that the homie you know shouted me out like that personally like picked up the phone i do not do not through text message, not through Facebook, not through, you know, IG, not through Twitter, but a phone call. And a lot of times that's really important just to get a phone call from somebody that you may not be expecting a phone call from and it be something that you would least expect. And it was it it uh it motivated me in a way he wouldn't even understand, but it, it motivated me so much that you know i had already turned to a point where i was i was gonna stop drinking after my grandmother died on the 16th of february you know um we did the service i mean i drank a lot that week i mean i drank a lot that following week 
I mean, the day of the service and the following week. I mean, I, I had, I mean, people were bringing me liquor. I mean, people were buying me liquor. I mean, I had at least, I had at least two white Hennessy's, two fifths of white Hennessy. I had at least three fifths of Doucet. Uh, I think uh, my man, he bought me a bottle of 1738. So I had so much liquor, man. And I drunk, I ain't gonna lie, I drunk majority of within that time period, you know, kind of just, you know, trying to, keep myself together and then within within the midst of that you know uh, i want to say a few days later you know my man t-man his grandmother had passed so i went to her service and then we drunk some more you know i think we went up to uh to where her apartment was up in clay terrace um you know and, and celebrated her life as well so and you know i just i i had a i did a lot of drinking like i say i did a lot of drinking um uh, within that time period um, I want to say at least it was like a week, week and a half. Um, and then I just woke up one day. Um, and I was just like, you know, I'm gonna start this detox. I'm gonna flush out. I, I had already been to Mexico a few times and I had just recently got back and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just flush out. So I, did, I started a detox. I flushed out and, um, I just had a thought like, why not just stop drinking? You know? And 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 it really made me think of my grandmother because I remember my grandmother was heavy on drinking. She was a heavy drinker at the time. But I remember, you know, she just stopped. She just stopped drinking. She didn't want to do it no more. You know, um, I remember my my uncle, um, Uncle Jeffrey Wilson. Um, he's actually a, I want to say, I'm not 100% if they use the term um, minister or reverend in the Jehovah Witness realm, but I know he's a he's one of the primary speakers who speaks to the congregation. He was here in Maryland, then my aunt and, and him, they moved to um, Alabama. Um, but he, he spoke at my grandmother's service, and I remember him, you know, just vaguely telling us how she decided to change her life and she wanted to become a Jehovah Witness when she was the age of 89. That is right, 89. My grandmother became a Jehovah Witness at the age of 89. And I want to say just the, just the energy that she would give off throughout the years um it was never any judgment it was never any down talk i mean i've and and I, i'll honestly say you know my grandmother has seen me do some fucked up shit i mean i'm gonna just be flat out honest about that I, I had to talk with my man big john and he was like man grandma been through it all slim she done seen us do a rack of shit and i was like that's true but none of it no judgment never talked down to me you know, just always spoke from a, you know, you wrong type aspect. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you grown, you do what you do, but you know that was wrong. And she's always been like that. And so it just made me think about her when I thought about, look, I'm going to just stop drinking. So with all that being said, I haven't had a drink since February the 21st. I have not had any alcohol in my system since February the 21st. And I, I hadn't even realized that so much time had, had lapsed. But, it, I, I mean, um, 
my my mind is more I, I want to say I have a clear mind um my body is reacting a different way I mean I still you know got to stretch and do all of that good stuff because I'm over 40 now but you know for the most part I've had a clear mindset you know a clear way of thinking I've, I've done some zoom meetings with um, my other two partners with some stuff that we working on you know uh, we've had discussions with lawyers we've had discussions amongst each other we've um you know sought you know legal counsel on some things so we working on something that's going to be major you know what i'm saying i think that um along with everything else that's going on with me has allowed me to re remain positive you know throughout everything because i told you know i told folks before that you know, in, you know, this year in general ended, I mean, started crazy for me because in January I had a birthday. I celebrated it in Mexico for a whole week, went out there, chill, relax, whenever, you know, reset. Um, And then in the pool, got the news that Kobe Bryant died. I was like, what? What the fuck? You know what I mean? And then come home. That was like the 20, that was like January the 20, I want to say January the 28th, 29th, something like that. And then, you know, my grandmother died February 16th. So it was just like, wait, what is going on? And then this COVID-19 shit happened and now we here. And so, you know, it would, it would, you know, it, it's remain, it remains to be seen, you know, all of the numbers, all of the death tolls, all of the rhetoric from Agent Orange and, you know, just the, the the white house and you know government and you know it's just it is it has gotten to a lot of people it has gotten to a lot of people i mean in the beginning i remember people not really even want to talk about it you know because they was like oh it's fake oh it's not real oh it's a conspiracy oh it's some bullshit and now you know um we are looking at um mpg county in Prince George's County, we're looking at 6,043 confirmed cases. And that's confirmed. That ain't people who possibly have it and don't know they have it. But that's a lot for PG County. And it's actually been 229 deaths um, as well. And so, you know, um, worldwide, they're saying it's over 3 million confirmed cases. And then the United States alone, we've already got over the million mark. We are at we we at over we at we are at over a million in the United States, and that's crazy. But then I, I and I keep and and I I mean me this is just me I keep I keep mentioning this. But if you look at the People's Republic of China, confirmed cases now, confirmed cases, they only at eighty four thousand, and this is where the shit started. Wuhan, China. And their confirmed case count is 84,000. While now, in the month of April, ours is at over a million. Why is that? Why is that? So, I, you know, I wanted to just come on here, y'all, and just talk about, you know, somewhat of, um, you know, discipline. And, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not coming to you in a way where, you know, you're not grown and you're not going to do your own shit, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff going on and it's sometimes blind some of us 
to the bigger picture sometimes. And I'm not heavy on conspiracy theories. I'm not heavy on, you know, people just telling me shit and I'm just running with it. I, I mean, I like to do my due diligence and do some research, you know, ask some people if it's somebody that I know that's in that field, I may give them a call. I mean, I truly, I truly get insight. I truly get insight. And I remember a friend of mine when I first, first, first started this thing, Christy. Christy was like, Kevin, always research what you're going to talk about. I was like, that's a bet. And I mean, Christy, when I first even said that I wanted to start this, man, she was one of my biggest supporters. She was like, oh, my God, you should really do that. Podcast, you talking? Psst, hell yeah, you should do that. And so I appreciate um, Christy uh, along with, you know, Dana and everybody else who, you know, who who has either supported me um, and, and just, you know, became a friend on Facebook. IG, you know, follow or subscribe to my YouTube page. I mean, if you haven't, it's uh, the six man on YouTube. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I've, I appreciate it. Like, I, I, I never thought that I would have so much positive energy floating, you know, to me. I mean, after kind of having the start that I had, and and that's part of the message too. I mean, we can get through tough times. I mean, I was just telling a friend of mine that I want to walk out of this situation, you know, this pandemic, this COVID-19 shit. I want to walk out of this storm better than I walked in. And I'm and, and and when I say that, I'm actually putting in the effort to be better as I walk out of this storm. And everybody knows who knows me knows that the premise you know, for my platform, because I don't really want to call it a show anymore or a podcast, even though that's what it is. But the the, the premise and the, the understanding for my platform is be better than you were yesterday. And I actually don't just say it and, you know, want to make y'all think I'm just saying it to y'all. I'm I'm talking to myself when I say that as well. And in order to um have people trust and have people, you know, um in order to make an impact in other people's lives, they got to see that you are walking what you're talking. And that that is I'm not saying that that automatically validates you um, because your character speaks louder than, you know, anything that you may say at times. I mean, because sometimes, you know, I, 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 you know, I can go from being an asshole to um, being somebody who like, damn, man, that was some real shit. You know what I mean? So, you know, I would say my character alone, you know, speaks for itself. I mean, if somebody knows me and hear somebody saying some wild shit about me, they'd be like, nah, who 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 you talking about? Nah, nah, you nah. And I mean, I'm not asking for anybody to defend me, but I remember one night my man said he was out somewhere and some chick was talking to some dude and the dude was like, oh yeah, I know Slim, he be lunching, woo, 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 or whatever. And my man was like, oh, who, who, who y'all talking about? My man, Kevin. And, 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 and my man didn't know the dude. And definitely didn't know the chick. So he jabbed like, yeah, y'all nah, y'all not gonna do that. Y'all not gonna talk bad about my man like that. 
<laughs> so I was like, damn, that's <laughs> damn. I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a humbling feeling, man, to know that you know I'm I'm at I'm at this point in my life. But I don't want to get sidetracked with that because that could be another whole a whole another show. But you know, just the relevance of COVID nineteen and what it has displayed thus far in the United States for us, for black people, has been, you know, disproportionate and it's not um I don't want to say that is it can't be contained, but you know, we play a part. We play a part in that. You know, we play a part in being safe. We play a part in, you know, kind of doing what's right for ourselves and our families. And, you know, we ultimately make the decision you know, to either do what's better and do what's right for ourselves or not. You know, we 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 make that distinction of what we want to do. Nobody else does that. You know what I mean? And I know for me, you know, when I got tested, I had heard about a story from a homie. I mean, me and GP go back decades. And he was telling me a story about a mother and a and a son and the son was a police officer and the mother ended up having some symptoms took her to the hospital she got tested found out she had it they tested him found out he had it they asked him well how, how, how often do you visit your mother he was like all the time i live with her so there was a chance that him being a police officer and being frontline that he possibly could have came home had it you know didn't show any symptoms you know, and possibly passed it along to his mother. And his mother, you know, passed from the um the COVID nineteen. And I, it was a sad story. And I mean I'm hearing of good friends. Not like not like just friends, friends, but good friends of mine who are having f- family and friends taken away like 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 that. I mean I, just recently a friend of mine you know, Kadisha, you know, lost a family member. And I was just like, wow. I mean, her mother was just in, either still in, I think her mother's still in the hospital, but not in intensive care. I think they took her off the ventilator and all of that. So I think she said that her mother was doing better. And I was like, man, I appreciate the update. But then just like a couple of days ago, she hit, she put on Facebook that a, a family member of hers had, you know, had, had died from COVID. And I mean, I've seen my timeline lit up you know, with it. And the, the, the big talk was, you know, how do we stay safe? How do we, you know, how do we, you know, kind of live through this thing? And so with, with all of that being said, I decided to get tested. I went out to Fairfax, Virginia, um, close to where I uh, work and I, I got tested. It was a $99 fee. Uh, it was two lines symptoms without symptoms um and i think uh, i pulled up at like i want to say i pulled up at like eight o'clock no 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 i think i pulled yeah i, I think i pulled up about eight eight thirty and i was out the door like nine fifteen. so i mean i you know i just wanted to know and and you know seeing that test result come back negative i mean it I'm not gonna lie. It 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 relieved a little bit of pressure. It relieved a little bit of you know anxiety. I know sometimes I I joke and you know 
talk shit about anxiety in general, but it's real. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not a professional. You know, I don't n- naturally know what anxiety looks like for every, you know, every personal, you know, different individuals. But, you know, just speaking for myself, I think that once my mind goes away from where it's supposed to be, that's kind of my anxiety. That's kind of me like trying to think about shit too much or processing too much at too, you know, too, too fast or, you know, I don't know. I just, I just know for me, it was a relief to see that paperwork. And, and with everything going on that it said negative, I mean, it, it was a fucking relief. And I remember going to work that day and I, I remember talking to a friend and she was like, that's good that it says negative. But that means that you have been doing what's right. So you got to keep doing whatever the fuck it is you was doing. And I did. I mean, I bought gloves. I got masks. Shout out to my man Rob who hooked me up with the with the gloves and the masks from the um, beauty supply. Man, I, I appreciate it, champ. I mean, I really do. But um, you know, I, I I I I'm set up. You know, only thing that I would say we uh we probably don't have enough of is uh hand sanitizer and uh, Clorox products. I mean, we have it, but we just don't know how long this shit is gonna you know spread out. So we gotta you know re up on that. But I mean, it it, it was just the fact that I wanted to know. I didn't want to pass the shit along to nobody else. Um, you know, my daughter, you know, still while she's out of school, you know, visits me. Um, and so I didn't want to, I didn't want to pass that thing on to anybody. And so recently it's been a lot of talk about, you know, um, states opening back up, you know, um, I even heard governor Hogan, you know, talking about how he had a, um, a four point plan of opening up Maryland, you know? And then after that, it was just like, we're going to open up the barbershops. We're going to open up the hair salons. We're going to open up tattoo parlors. We going I was like, wait, what? And I mean, yes, I went on Facebook and I joked about it because God damn it, I needed a haircut. I ain't had a haircut since February. Some bullshit. <laughs> but, you know, I made a joke about it. Um, but after I thought about it, you know, I was like, well, damn, that is kind of scary. You know, ha- trying to go to a hair salon or a barbershop, you know, not knowing who has it. And then he was, you know, Governor Hogan said it was for essential workers. And I had somebody who forwarded me the information so I can see it. And it was mainly pertaining to military people and folks who needed to have grooming services in order to keep their job. I mean, there are some jobs that you have to have a clean shaved face. I've had one. It was a security job. Um, It was out Bethesda. And I had to, I couldn't. I couldn't have anything on my face except for my mustache. And they was like, they want that to be faint. They want that to be real light. So I remember I had to cut all of my hair off my damn face looking like a damn, (laughs) looking like a goddamn, uh, what was that name we used to use back in the day? Chester Molester. That's what I look like, a goddamn Chester. But I understood, you know, that the essential work part you know, was for people who, you know, really needed to go. And I, and I thought about it and I was just like, well, you know, I just gave myself my second haircut since this thing happened, you know, shaped up the beard, cut the hair down, put the guard on one and just went the fuck ham. I ain't really shaped up the front cause I'm scared. Cause I got one side is, you know, not as full as the other side. So I ain't touched that part, but I did the sides all the way down to my beard. Under my bed, I did my back, you know, did the back of my neck. I, I kind of refaded the back a little bit so it wouldn't look crazy. So, I mean, I, I this is my second full haircut. And I don't look 
you know, I don't look bad. And I mean, where am I going? I'm going to work and I'm coming home. I might try to stop and get some, you know, something to eat or we need something in the house. Other than that, I'm back in here, you know. So I, I try to I try to be mindful of what's really going on out there and not get caught up on, you know, the he said, she said, the conspiracies and all that shit. But, you know, I do I do want people to be safe. You know, I, I'm not going I'm not going to be the one to sit here and tell you not to go out you know, and do whatever it is the fuck you want to do. But I will say, you know, just be safe about it. I mean, everybody that knows me and that knows that I've been out, you know, after we talk, that's what they say. Be safe out there, Slim. All right, bet. You know, and I know what that means. That just means take care of yourself, man. Make sure you're doing what the fuck you're supposed to be doing while you're out there. And that's any and everybody. But with, you know, these states trying to open back up, um and, and and get people back into society i mean i think it's going to be even worse you know you know people's anxiety levels and people's you know um panic attack you know levels that shit gonna be you know i mean because it's now oh excuse me sir you you, you standing too close to me oh why, why you ain't have, why you don't have no mask on oh damn where my gloves at? let me make sure i got my hand sanitizer let me make, make sure i get my wipes i mean it's gonna be I mean, you gonna be looking at everything. You, you touching the cart, you gonna be like, "Oh, I need to wipe this off." Even though you know, I went to Wegmans, and as I entered Wegmans, they are wiping the the handle of the cart off. They're giving you hand sanitizer at the door when you walk in. So I thought that was thoughtful, but I'm just saying, you know, if that's that's with the stay at home order, but when people you know decide that they coming back out, I mean, it's like it's is it, it goes it goes times ten, you know. And there was a discussion on Instagram where, you know, these states were opening back up and they were primarily opening up um, businesses in the black community that would trigger black people to come out. And now you already know that there's this number that's out there where black people are contracting the virus. And when they get it, they're dying from it at a higher rate than any other race. And so some would say that it's somewhat of a setup to open up these businesses. Um, I, I know when they started opening up stuff, um, I, I looked online. I think it was in Florida. I think I saw a uh, nail shop and it was a long line. I was just like, wow, like that's wow. That's crazy. And so I did. um I, I listened to a skit, um, um, an infomercial, so to speak, uh, from Pastor Jamal Bryant, and I thought it was, I thought it was thought provoking, you know, in general, because um, he talked about a lot. He talked about a lot, and he talked about, he talked about it from the emphasis of Georgia, because that's where he is now, that he's in the state of Georgia. And so I just wanted y'all to hear it because. Um, I'm not sure if you heard it or if you haven't heard it, but I know when I heard it, it 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 resonated in me, and it kind of made me, you know, want to share it, and 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 so that way I can kind of get people's feedback or you know just something to just think about. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna drop this on y'all real quick. Um, it's about 15, 16 minutes. Um, try to get through it, um, and I'll come back with a final thought. One thousand. Thank you so very much. Uh, I'm appreciative of the privilege 
uh, to be able to share and to come into your homes and uh, you affording me the space uh, to think out loud. Uh, I'm grateful to uh, have this opportunity and uh, disheartened that uh, what I have to say is needed to say uh, in such a time as this. Um, but ask that you would uh, please give me your attention um, because uh, what we're dealing with is critical to this hour and critical to our community. Uh, earlier this afternoon, uh, Governor Jack Kemp uh, made a, a bold press conference that was derelict of responsibility, that was absent of moral integrity, uh, that was void of any wisdom. The governor of the state of Georgia uh, got on uh, all of the press outlets in the state of Georgia and made the bold pronouncement uh, that he is uh, laxing the restrictive order uh, so that uh, people can go and uh, come as they please. All of us are keenly aware that we are in a state of crisis and that uh, our community has become the lead casualties. Uh, the hotbed uh, for those who are contracting COVID-19 has hit in a disproportionate way African-American households. The lead epicenter of those who have contracted uh, COVID-19 are uh, those who are in uh, prisons, who are incarcerated, who are now serving, by the luck of the draw, a death sentence for misdemeanor offenses. So people who cannot afford bail or an attorney are now being strapped into ventilators without any aid or any assistance. Governor Kemp uh, said that he was uh, rolling back his stay-home order. And in that uh, rolling back, he was opening up beauty salons, barbershops, tattoo parlors, nail salons, all of which draw the African-American community. It should not fall faint on us that just this week, African-Americans received their stimulus check. They received their stimulus check on Monday, and now they're opening up shopping on Friday. They understand diabolically that African-Americans are prone to do spending. When it is that uh, in uh, the Asian community, every dollar circulates for 30 days. In the Jewish community, circulates for 20 days. In the Caucasian community, the dollar circulates 17 days. In the Hispanic community, the dollar circulates for six days. And in the African-American community, it only stays in our possession for six hours before we hand our money over 
to proprietors in another community. And so to stimulate the income, they got to make Negroes spend money. And they're banking on us not spending it with ourselves. I said to uh, Dr. George Frazier, repeating a conversation I had with uh, Marcus Benjamin, that within the last week, between April 15th to April 30th, 30 million African Americans have received a stimulus check. From April 15th to April 30th, 30 million African Americans received a stimulus check at its base of $1,200. That's not even including you get an additional $500 per child. What would happen between now and the end of April of that $1,200 that you spent $200 with a Black-owned business? receive $1,200 in the stimulus package, if you spend $200 within uh, African-American businesses that would circulate for us over $20 million within three weeks. The reality, friends, is that the overwhelming majority of black businesses did not receive a small business loan. The overwhelming majority of our black businesses are on life support right now right. while it is that Ruth Chris and Shake Shack received the money that was earmarked for small businesses. This is an economic revolution that is about to take place. The stock market crash of October 19, 1929 opened up a blank canvas for people like Robert, Rock, Rockefeller and Rothschild to become billionaires of the highest order. It has even out the playing field. Governor Jack Kemp, who already robbed the black community of a black governor who right now should be Stacey Abrams, but because they railroaded the system, he is now doing a second strike by leaving us to the slaughter. Bernice King, who is now the helm of the King Center, said in a video this afternoon that she is thinking about stepping down from the COVID-19 task force because she is on the committee and the governor didn't even respect her enough to tell him, to tell her that he was going to make this announcement. My mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, announced on CNN that she's on the COVID-19 committee and still received absolutely no heads up that he was laxing what was taking place. Hmm. The church that I am pleased and privileged to pastor, New Birth Missionary Baptist Church in Stonecrest, Georgia, in Decatur, Georgia, has absolutely uh, minimal testing facilities for people in our community. It is overwhelmingly African-American. Georgia presently is 12th in the nation. I need you to hear me well, hear me clearly. Georgia is 12th in the nation for COVID-19 deaths 
So why it is that this governor would roll back uh, to open up uh, for people to go back into Jim Pop, knowing that we don't have the gloves, don't have the surgical mask, we don't have a cure, and we don't have a remedy, something is absolutely wrong. Not only are we 12th uh, in the nation, uh, but 23% of all of those who are tested in Georgia, 23% of those who are tested in Georgia test positive. Now, with that data being true, that makes Georgia fifth in the nation, fifth in the nation of those who have COVID-19. Uh, black and brown people, African-Americans, Latino community, make up 55% of those who work in the service market in Georgia. What is it, the service market? Those who work in retail, those who work in grocery, those who work in hospitality. And so it's easy for them to be able to sleep at night under the false thought for those who will be impacted at the highest rate and die at the quickest rate would be African-Americans. I wonder and I shudder to think what would be the thought if in fact those who would be stricken by COVID-19 were overwhelmingly minority rural white farmers. Would in fact the same precedent take place? I say not. I am calling on uh, Governor Kemp to immediately reverse and retract his order that is supposed to start on Friday. What it is that he is doing is launching a no uncertain terms an assault on the minority community in Georgia. I am afraid and I am frightened that this is going to set an immoral precedent for other wayward governors across the South who believe that if he can do it, then it is in fact the new standard for death to happen to the black community. I stand with countless numbers of other clergy who have resolved within our heart, our spirit, our mind, and our ethical compass that we cannot resume church as normal because nothing is normal. I stand tonight grateful for the brotherhood, uh, Pastor Craig Oliver, Pastor Raphael Warnock, Pastor E. Dewey Smith, Pastor William Murphy, Pastor Cynthia Hale, Pastor William Flippin, and Bishop Reginald Jackson, and my pastor, Bishop William Wiley, who in fact stand in defiance, reminding Governor Kemp, Kemp that uh, Georgia is the epicenter and the birthplace of resistance against that which is immoral. That everything that happened in the civil rights era was hewn out of a leader that was birthed out of the red clay hills of Georgia who understood that every time a legislator does something that is immoral and illegal, it should not be followed. New birth will not be holding church because we understand that life is valuable and we cannot, in fact, go down this rabbit hole of a slippery slope. 
where are the testing kits? And if we're going to deal with testing kits, we've got to deal with the inequity of health care that is provided to black and brown people in this state. We keep hearing the flag being raised about pre-existing conditions, pre-existing conditions like hypertension, obesity, uh, high blood pressure, and things of that magnitude and heart disease is because we have not addressed the fact that many people in our community are living in food deserts. Many people in our community do not have access to affordable health care. Many people in our community only end up seeing a doctor when they come through an emergency room. And so, Governor Kemp, if you have a decibel of moral integrity before Friday comes, I am pleading on your conscience, even when the evangelicals remain silent in this hour, I stand and cry loud and spare not that what it is that you are calling for is contrary to the will of God who declared openly, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so, Governor Kemp, since you have time on your hands, I would challenge you in this hour that if, in fact, you're going to do some sweeping moves, make some sweeping moves so that all of these children in Georgia public schools who don't have access to Wi-Fi, all of the young people in Georgia schools who are now not having online education but will be passed on to the next grade even when they have not taken the Georgia proficiency tests. You are training and preparing them for mass incarceration and to be flushed in the prison pipeline without any prospect for any gainful employment. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who hails from this great city, said, and I quote, crime is the bride of poverty. Wherever it is that you see poverty, crime is close by. And so I am asking this governor that we would, in fact, intentionally look for job creation, that there would be support for our teachers who have a heart for education, have a heart in investing in our young people, and have a heart in making sure that the next generation is equipped and is prepared. Governor Kemp, I am asking you, in the next 48 hours, you already have two amazing, conscientious, committed black sisters on your task force, in Bernice King and in our mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms. I ask that you would meet with both of them immediately because I trust that they speak for our community and for the, fair, for the welfare of our people. I pray for repentance over this governor and the legislators who support him, who believe that this is a good idea. Something is wrong with the moral fiber of our community when we put commerce over the value of human life. Yes, all of us got cabin fever 2.0. All of us are scratching to go outside. But I don't want any of us rushing to a premature death and to an early funeral. We've come through too much to die at the hands of irresponsible legislators. We are the same people who survived the Middle Passage, who survived slavery, 
who survived Jim Crow, who survived all of the heinous crimes that have committed upon us. And we are going to survive Donald Trump. And I declare by God's grace, we will survive Governor Kemp's reckless decision. I pray that all of you who are here in the state of Georgia will please ignore Governor Kemp and his admonishment for you to go out. It is not safe. Ask that you will continuously wash your hands. Ask that you would please use your surgical mask. And let me underscore for you how important and critical it is while you are in that you will please fill out your census. Only 50%, only 50% of those of you who live in DeKalb County have filled out your census report. You're able to do so with anonymity. Nobody can come after you, but it helps us in funding our district and our county. I'm asking for elected officials who share same mind, thought, and consciousness to stand with me and other committed clergy to call this governor into accountability. State of Georgia, I'm praying for you and for our comrades around the country who are suffering this same inglorious plight from New York to Illinois to Michigan to Florida to Virginia to my own beloved DMV. We've got to, in fact, echo the sentiment of the Negro spiritual. Walk together, children, and don't you get weary. There'll be a great camp meeting in the promised land. Let's stay safe. God bless you. Man, 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 man. And I mean, you know, you know, I'm not saying that everything that he said was right. You know, I've heard some stuff about him in general um, when he was in Baltimore. Um, but you know, I don't, you know, I don't judge nobody. I can't, I can't judge nobody. Cause I, you know, I've had my fucked up moments when people looked at me like, damn, that nigga, he, he ought to change. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I just look at it now, like, you know, sometimes, um, uh, what was somebody told me? Don't, don't punish the messenger. Just listen to the message or some shit like that. And you know, the message is is powerful. The message is powerful. And it's definitely something to think about. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that I think that it's a hit on black people. But I'm just saying we got to be mindful of what we're doing out here. You know, somebody uh, the other day, uh, homie, I ain't seen in a while. I was like, Slim, what you been working on? I was like, nigga, my credit score. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, we just, we just got to... We just got to get our shit in order, man, and, and and definitely, you know, just be mindful of what's going on and what's out there. You know what I mean? And, and and again, I'm not saying that everything that Pastor Jamal Bryant said was correct, but a lot of the stuff that he said was um, powerful. I'll say that. It was powerful. Very, very powerful. And he even ended it with, you know, the census, because that's important as well. I mean, I know um, I've seen it on Facebook. I've seen it a little bit on IG. Um, I've seen a few commercials, but I think it needs to be put out there even more. And I understand why, to a degree, why they don't. But I know um, a few people who work in the census. Um, um, and, you know, it's important. It's important for us to fill it out. It's important for us to go online and fill it out. It's important for us to, if we get it in the mail, to fill it out. It's important for us to fill it out, period. You know, so that money... 
for, you know, money where you live, you know, it could be money around hospitals, schools, programs, you know, whatever, you know, nonprofits, you know, um, whatever, you know, whatever people who are willing to make your neighborhood better, you know, the census is there to provide, you know, government with, okay, we need to put more money in this area. We need to put more money in this and that. So, I mean, it's, um, it's important. And, you know, now that we're a little older now, we got to understand what's important and what we have to do, um, you know, to be better, you know, than we were yesterday. So, um, I just wanted to pass this along to y'all, man. You know, it, it was, it was on my heart to give. So I wanted to give it, um, and again, you know, I just want to say be safe, you know, I mean, from what I'm hearing, you know, things are trying to open up and, you know, I'm not necessarily, you know, um, I can't say I'm not happy about it. I can't say I'm happy about it. I'm, I'm just out here just doing everything that I've been doing to continue to walk out of this storm better than I was, better than I was when I walked in. That's all I'm focused on right now. So I wanted to come on here. I hadn't been on in a while. And um, it, it definitely, you know, I, I definitely get a good feeling when I do this. Um, it, it, it has extremely gotten a lot easier um, for me to do it. I'm much more calm, much more reserved. I mean, my my medication helps me out a lot, though. I mean, it helps me stay on point. Um, but, you know, for the most part, again, you know, it's just about being safe, y'all. It ain't about who's right, who's wrong, you know, what the conspiracy may be. Um, but at this point, you know, you know, United States, we had... We had a million people, man, confirmed cases. That's that's serious. And, you know, if we are going to be out, of course, you know, be safe, wear your PPE, and just be mindful of your six feet. You know, they say six feet, but I try to stand away from people even further than that if I can, you know. But definitely be safe, you know. Um, be easy out here. Be positive, And definitely be better than you were yesterday. Y'all be Cause all a nigga tryna do is hustle, hustle Stack my paper more, I can't lose Ain't no other options for me, fuck a pick and choose Fuck another day, so I pick up and like my move Feed my family, I ain't looking for no trouble Been starving for a new way, you can't hear my stomach rumble Man, enough to say I fucked up before, then right I fumble huh, But that won't stop me, uh, beat the odds Rocky on the money, make it campaign Hit my speed, then that's my thing Wake up with a purpose, gonna get it, that's for certain Put my life in my music, reality, my influence Listen, I prove it, black and gifted I'm some multi-mellow breeze now Love my brother, cause he never crossed me ten toes down He low, I pick Made a promise, I'ma hold my own weight up So we can get this paper It's down who never paid dues I lose, we lose TGR forever, abandon that Oh, I can never huh. Once, once with spurs as a feather Now we ain't flocking together Take flight like my move, mellow breeze I'm in your tutor Cause all a nigga tryna do is hustle, hustle Stack my paper more, I can't
I'm right on attack mode. Nigga want flex. I'm sorry, but nigga, this isn't no flex zone. King of my throne, honey, I'm home. Look at my stack, boy, you grown up. Look like you won't even fold up, but under the pressure we hold up. Let me get back operator. You a rookie, I'll rank you for that paper. I'm speed racer like I'm scum. Let me get back to the matter at hand. I'm coming out winning, no matter the hand. I'm hustling hard just to get to the bands, cause I know I got it. Ain't no doubt about it. It's been some cloudy days, but I always get about it. Locked up in my frequency, lost up in my memories. You stop meaning shit to me since hustling been on me mentally. I started thinking differently, so vividly. My actions start to change with new activities If you ain't talking dollars, man, I'm sorry, don't got my remedy I'm all about the green if you talking positivity Cause all a nigga tryna do is hustle, hustle Stack my paper more, I can't lose Ain't no other options for me, fuck a pick and choose Fuck another day, so 